Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. And welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for October 28th, 2018. Koyo here. So very, very glad you joined us. Oh boy. It's, you know, it's interesting to see the, to talk about the date. You know, uh, oh, today is such and such. And it, it's good because it reminds us that time is going by. <laughs> You know, uh, otherwise we think uh, we're in a sort of like a timeless, uh, each day being another day. Um, but as it passes, you know, it's sort of, well, eternal now, eternal now. Well, <laughs> I want to mention uh, recently I was reading about the early history, well, the history of early Buddhism, and um, got engrossed in it, um, uh, developed uh, as it adapted itself when it moved to, from its birthplace in India to, you know, other Southeast Asian countries and so forth. And uh, as it has been said, uh, it adapts itself to the culture, the new culture, uh, and existing belief systems uh, in a new new uh, country, and that's kind. Of, you know, this is very interesting because usually such belief systems would compete with one another rather than integrate, and this tells something about the nature of Buddhism itself. Um, uh, I just can't help thinking about there's a there's kind of a built-in freedom within Buddhism uh, where it's very so flexible, so uh, you know, uh, really uh, well as it has been said. Buddhism in 
India, its birthplace, you know, we can call it Indian Buddhism. Okay. Buddhism is Buddhism, first of all. Hmm? Teachings are the same, the core, but the way they're manifested, the way they're expressed, of course, depends on the culture. So we say, oh, Indian Buddhism. And then if, say, it just takes, uh, we go through the northern path, um, through, uh, goes to China, becomes uniquely Chinese Buddhism, okay? goes to Korea, goes to Japan. You know, it might take, you know, <laughs> 100 years or so, whatever. It's just a natural process. And it becomes uniquely Japanese Buddhism. And it's in the process of becoming uniquely American Buddhism. Okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be a particular type of Buddhism. It's Buddhism, when we say American Buddhism, we mean Buddhism in America. Okay. But what it really struck me was <clears throat> this adaptability, this change uh, is part of what we might say is characteristic of Buddhism, its flexibility, okay? it, its uh, creativity within the religion. Okay? It, it's not so. It's not so rigid. It. This is tr Buddhist tradition. That's what I'm trying to say. I guess. Um, usually, when we say, "Oh well, traditional." means oh it's it's what was established in an earlier time and we want to keep it the same actually tradition means the opposite it means you go as time goes by and times change even within a given culture buddhism changes so you know the newness of it is traditional. The, the new expressions, huh? new ways of manifesting itself, it's very alive. Organic, I guess, is the word, you know? And um, I, I just, uh, it, it, there's such a vitality there. Huh? Uh, I just uh, kind of, I don't know, awed by it. And, uh, you know, admire that and embrace that and want to shout about that. <laughs> well, I want to introduce today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, Edie Keel, her Dharma name, part of LM8. And she lives in California in the Bay Area. So let's hear from Edie Keel. Uh-oh, she had taped our talk, and I don't know, it doesn't seem to be activating here. Hey. Hello, everyone. Here he goes. This is Keo from LM8. My Dharma glimpse today is called Dharma Dancing. As I sat at the computer pondering on the topic for this Dharma glimpse, I began hearing the laughter of children, then music, foreign music, 
arising from some secret place in my memory. Along with the sounds of laughter and music, I saw with my mind's eye fuzzy moving picture of children running around some dancers. I remembered this from a time many years ago when I was a very young child in an internment camp during World War II. It was summer, perhaps July or August, when Jodoshin Buddhists have obon services for the deceased. The obon odori follows, in which children and adults dance to express joy and gratitude for all persons, as well as all things in the world and the universe, which make our lives possible. I was there in the camp, happily running with other children, tagging each other as we ran around the dancers, who might have been practicing the Obon dances. This was my first Obon Odori, a happy time for me. About five years lapsed, then I continued to dance in the Obon Odori in various places in California. This year, 2018, I danced at several Buddhist churches during July and August, so my memories of the joyful music and dance are still fresh. I realized quite recently that I can appreciate the dances better when I understand the words in the songs, for these songs are in Japanese, and I only know English. So in this Dharma glimpse, I'll begin by defining obon and obon odori, and then I'll briefly explain what the dances are about. The Japanese word obon refers to relief or salvation from extreme pain or suffering. Obon is a time to remember and honor those who have passed away. Thus, the memory of the deceased is kept alive and honored. In our lives, we are interdependent and interrelated with other persons in whatever we do. Like a vast net which has jewels where each string is knotted making a net with thousands of jewels. When one sparkles, the light is picked up by other jewels, which in turn sparkle. So thousands of jewels are mutually sparkling and reflecting the same light. This is the way it is in our lives. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions are interrelated with those of others and affect and influence those around us. To realize that we are living in such a world brings out the sense of one's humbleness and the selfish pride, the ego I, becomes less. And we start to live in a world of thankfulness and gratitude. We come to live a fuller life. The explanation of Obon is taken from the 75th anniversary of Obon Odori 1931-2006 to program book. The next term that I will explain is obon odori, which is folk dancing done in the memory of deceased. In American towns and cities, the dances are performed outdoors, usually in a courtyard in front of the church or on a street closed off to traffic. Obon odori in America was begun by Jodoshin Buddhist minister, Reverend Yoshio Iwanaga, who was born in 1900 and passed away in 1950. He taught the dances from 1931 to 1950, traveling to numerous Japanese-American communities from California, Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia. 
Since 1950, many obon dances have been added. Generally, obon dances are about life, as in Japanese culture, everyday activities, nature, and so on. A sample of this year's obon dances is as follows. First, obon no uta, which is usually done as the first and last dance for the obon odori. This is translated as Song of the Lantern Festival. In this very slow, in this dance, both arms form a circle three times to symbolically depict interdependence, past lives as well as present lives, with no beginning nor end. It is a very slow moving, mesmerizing dance, and sometimes it takes me back far into the past as I'm dancing. The next dance is Wonderful Ondo, celebrating joy and happiness. Third, Shiawasa Samba, a happy Samba dance spreading the Dharma Buddha's teachings. Next, Yakyu Ken, a baseball dance celebrating baseball for the sports of enthusiasts in both in Japan and here in America. Tanko Bushi, a traditional coal miners dance, very popular. Next is Ocha Tsumi, tea picking dance. Ocha is the word for tea. Green tea is a popular beverage, and green tea ice cream is a delicious treat. The next, the last dance is Sakura Ondo, a dance appreciating blossom. The last dance is Sakura Ondo a dance of creating bloomy cherry blossoms, sakura, in spring. In 2012, a youthful group in Maui danced to a 1972 American song, Beautiful Sunday, by Daniel. This dance can be seen on YouTube. Additionally, on YouTube, you can see videos of some San Francisco Bay Area of one only. For example, if you Google YouTube or slash 018 San Jose Obon Ojibwe A2, you'll hear San Jose Chidori Band live music and songs in Japanese while the dance dance. On YouTube, you might hear words like auto from the baseball dance or out, Chidori Bando for the Chidori Band Ondo, and Wonderful from the dance Wonderful Ondo. There are also musical rhythms like waltz, cha cha, and samba in the dances. Currently popular is Shiawase Samba, very energetic and popular dance for the young. Gradually, East and West have found common ground in Obon Odori, and increasing numbers of dances of different nationalities joyously dance face-to-face -face and side-by-side -side at many Buddhist churches. The number of dancers increased to more than 1,000 at some large churches. It's amazing to see 1,000 folding fans waving in unison and wonderful to hear 1,000 pairs of hands clapping with the same beat and how beautiful it is to capture the flow of dancing people moving fluidly as one like a lazy river on a summer day. Obon Odori, 
Dharma dancing. How sweet it is, as Jackie Gleason used to say. In addition to providing opportunities for expressing and sharing joy with the world, Obon Odori is a means to spread Dharma seeds for a happier and more wonderful world. Happy Dharma dancing. Thank you for listening. In memory of all those who brought joy to our lives, Kasho. Until next time. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I know that Idikio really loves uh, the uh, traditional dancing. And you know, when I say traditional dancing, uh, I think when I was talking about the word tradition okay, in Buddhism means changing, actually, <laughs> you know. Like I said, uh, normally you think tradition means, oh, you keep something from the past. Uh, but in Buddhism, I think it's, well, it is tradition to be to be changing with the times. And I think this holds for dancing, too, because as she was talking about uh, the evolution of the different forms of dancing, you know, with with uh, modern music and things, uh, and um, then I was thinking uh, about what well, the history of dancing or the forms. If you just you just give a, a thought to the different types of dancing. Uh, I'm sure in other countries they got all kind of dances, okay? But just from American culture, you you got uh, uh, the flappers in the Roaring Twenties. They had their dancing. You had jitterbugging. You had, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and you have all these uh, modern. Well, you have waltzes. You have sambas. You have Cha-cha, you have, you know, maybe some cultural, historical aspects in influencing that those kind of things. And um, so all kinds of, uh, the rock and roll, the, the break dancing, or a lot of dancing that was just a sort of like a temporary fad, maybe lasted just a few years, you know, the, uh, the monkey uh, the stroll, the um, twist, <laughs> you know, it just, uh, it just, there's all kinds. You got, of course, you got ballet, you got uh, modern dance. Um, I suppose you could even call it Tai Chi kind of like dancing. You know, um, that creativity uh, over time, okay, and of course, dancing. Um, when you say Dharma dancing, the Dharma is alive, changing, and there's no ego. That's the great thing about dancing. You could lose yourself. You could dance like nobody's watching. Uh, and it's okay to be creative. It's encouraged. It's part of it. <laughs> and I think this is uh, sometimes if you're too concerned about how you look, 
or how if you're doing it right, you know, you got to get past that. Um, and that's what's great about Obonodori dancing in a group. Uh, so many people, no one, no one's paying particular. There's no spotlight on on any individual. You can, you know, just forget about everything and just dance. That is, I think, really uh, a good, well, metaphor or parallel or analogy for for life, how to live life. Dancing. Um, Especially, I think, the the creativity about it. Not worrying about should do it. Oh, you know, shoulds. Uh, things like that, the proper way, you know. And I think it shows in, uh, it's particularly in, I think a lot of young people uh, are the ones that, teenagers perhaps, that uh, show creativity uh, to express themselves because they're not accorded, you know, uh, full status in their in their society. This is all. You know, so we will express ourselves in a unique way in all these different kind of uh, dancing or music or in the arts or or in uh, fashion, you know. Uh, uh, it's so creative. Say, hey, it's all good. It's all good, you know. And um, I think that's, uh, you could look at all these things Hey, there, yeah. <laughs> Dharma, you could put Dharma in front of all those things. <laughs> and what does that mean? I think that's so great. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep dancing and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. <laughs>